Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Receptive Podcast here on Game Wisdom. I'm, of course, Josh Bison. we got another great discussion this week. We're going to be talking to a first-time developer who is currently working on not only his first game, but is also in the middle, or by the time you're listening to this, wrapping up his Indiegogo campaign. He is currently working on the game Rain Sweat, which is an adventure title, and we're going to be talking to him about it, as well as how he began with game development. So, please welcome to the cast tonight from Frostwood Interactive, Armand Sanu. Hi, Josh. Hi, Armand. It's great to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fine. We are wrapping up in the middle of our heat wave here, only one month left, yeah. at least here on the East Coast. But as we were just saw before the stream, I'm sure it's very hot where you're at as well. Yeah, it's really hot, hmm? as usual. Yeah. But it is great to have you on. Uh, for longtime listeners of Game Wisdom, I'm always happy to talk to new developers as well as talking to international guests as well. But. Uh, we certainly have a lot to talk about here for today. So to begin with, could you talk a little bit about your general background when it comes to the game industry? Like I said a few minutes ago, uh, you're a first-time developer. So how did things get started? Yeah, so actually the story is quite long and <laughs> I'll try to keep it short. So uh, basically I have no experience with making video games and uh, I don't even know how to program or code or anything. And uh, I studied to be an architect. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, so basically, I was interested in making video games. But as there's no scene here, or there was nothing happening at that time in India. Mm -hmm. So uh, I decided to do something more practical and everything. And that was architecture for me, because I wanted to stay a bit towards the creative side as well. But think in terms of career as well. But uh, once I got started with that course, I realized I was... Uh, not interested in that subject at all and it wasn't uh, you know fulfilling creatively so around that time I started getting into films uh, so once I graduated I started uh, working on a few film sets and everything again I didn't enjoy that process either so after that I decided to get back to architecture work for a while and you know try to wrap my head around what I could do, wanted to do, and, you know, take my time thinking about it. So mm -hmm. that's when a friend of mine suggested, why don't you make a video game? So now that was like about uh, one and a half year back. Uh, things have changed a lot. So it doesn't matter where you live and all those things. Yeah. Um, thanks to the indie, you know, how the scene has been growing. And now I knew that maybe I could give it another shot. So, yeah, I did my research and I taught myself unity and uh, with a couple of other things uh, around six months I uh, tried it out and um, once I was confident that okay I have something going on over here then I shifted full-time to doing this hmm. yeah. yeah definitely great Omar and it's very interesting again when we talk to international guests about kind of the state of the game industry and what's going on around the world I think I've spoken to, I think, two other developers from India in the past. Um, okay. One was uh, Rahul Sagal, who worked on the game, I think it was Child of Light. And okay. uh, Zane from the studio that did, I think, Ogrehead Games, who did Asura. But 
with like I guess from your perspective as a first time developer, how has like I guess India matured as a place for game development? I guess in your eyes, uh, the main growth that I'm seeing now, like there is also a huge growth in the mobile market. So that's mm-hmm. been the main area where India has taken interest and in, is actually growing. But talking about you know these uh, let's say hardcore games or console games and everything and mm-hmm. on that side i see more coming from like small teams like like how i'm doing or a couple of other teams so again how the scene has changed has allowed some of us to go out on our own and start building our stuff so mm-hmm. there are a couple you i don't know if you've heard of raji um i think no, I haven't. in that uh microsoft reel this year in the e3 conference uh, there was like a, a few seconds clip of their game as well okay. and then there is another game called alter army so these i have been following as a kind of new projects coming out of india so yeah that's how the scene is great and uh, self-teaching yourself Unity, that's always a very interesting challenge. I tried doing a little bit of it on my end, and I just found that it just wasn't my cup of tea. But how did you find learning Unity as a first-time developer? So I didn't uh, start with just Unity. There's another asset called Adventure Creator. Okay. So it's kind of like uh, AGS, uh, which a couple of uh, adventure game uh, developers have used before. So I learned both of them at the same time. So... Huh. Using Adventure Creator's tutorials, I kind of got the hang of Unity. And what AC does is uh, take out the need for coding, basically, by mm-hmm. giving you options to visual script using all that nodes and everything. So it's it's been quite simple, actually. I was surprised that around four months or something, I got the hang of it. So, yeah. All right. And... I guess with the uh, beginning, like when it comes to game development, as you said a few minutes ago, Armand, you started out with an architectural uh, background. Yeah. I guess, what else have you kind of like learned or have you been picking up when it comes to game development since you started with Frostwood? Okay, uh, can you rephrase that? I didn't get it. Um, like, um, what else have you been like learning or you've been trying to educate yourself with when it comes to game development? Since you decided to get uh, serious about making a game for a living. Okay, so how, how have I been teaching myself? Yes. Um, yeah, so a lot of YouTube, I guess. And uh, as many developers mentioned, extra credits. And yeah, forums and everything. So it's, as I said, it's not been that challenging. I guess it's just been because of that asset adventure kit. It really makes things a lot very simple. So I, in terms of technical stuff, yeah, it's not been too hard. Otherwise, design and everything, it's just been playing games and uh, listening to podcasts and keeping up with trends, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very interesting, like talking to newer developers like yourself in recent years with how much things have changed when mm-hmm. it came when it comes to game development. Again, like for people listening, you know that you know, 10 to 15 years ago, you know, what we see from the independent scene probably wouldn't have been even feasible for a lot of people. Yeah. I guess, uh, from where you're at right now with Frostwood, is it just yourself or do you have other people working with you? Yeah, so it's just me. Uh, 
for this game uh, i'm working with a person who's making the music uh he's uh, mikhail mikhalski he's worked on the cat lady for the music before hmm. so yeah so but under the company it's just me okay now uh, obviously with rain sweat being an adventure game we'll talk more about that and design probably in the next few minutes but yeah. uh for yourself did you uh, i guess what attracted you to the adventure game genre as your first official title yeah so um mainly it's because of practicality so maybe you know the scope of what i could make with the amount of knowledge i had and mm-hmm. the tool which was at my disposal those two things it was like okay adventure games but also what works in my favor is that i love story driven games more than anything so that is the highlight of an adventure game so mm-hmm. yeah that's basically how it comes in all right and besides the adventure genre or narrative driven games are there any other genres you either like to play or you're interested in developing for in the future yeah so uh role playing games Mm-hmm. I played a fable when I was like quite young and it's always been in my mind like I I have to make something like fable again so there is fable for coming out I'm really thrilled about that so you know that's like the dream project a fable kind of game so yeah role playing mm-hmm. games but uh, yeah I I also enjoy anything with a narrative focus I guess mhm and we've certainly seen a very strong push among independent developers this past decade with narrative-driven games, be it mm-hmm. from Gone Home, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, and yeah. a lot more that I'm probably forgetting right now. Yep. Yeah, all these modern adventure games, It's I'm more into these. Uh, I haven't had much experience with point and click, so which is a kind of, uh, you know, I'm mm-hmm. almost making one, so... Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an interesting discussion, probably one too big for this podcast, but about how things have really shifted in terms of adventure design from the puzzle-driven examples of the 80s and 90s to what we see today. And I guess for you, with uh, Rainswept, as you said, you're focusing more on narrative-driven or story-driven games. Have you had a chance to, like, play any, like, the older or even just more contemporary puzzle-driven adventure games? Or have you focused more just entirely on the narrative side? Yeah, so in terms of the older ones, uh, I had tried The Longest Journey, the first one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I played, I didn't finish it because the puzzles (laughs) were pretty complicated (laughs) and I think the length was also quite a bit. So, I somewhere, I... Then uh, they've also released a new one, Dreamfall Chapters. I played that. Uh, modern, yeah, almost everything that comes out. But in terms of old ones, yeah, not many, which I need to be catching up on soon, I guess. <laughs> I guess, what's your I guess, current favorite of the modern adventure games? Yeah, What Remains of Edith Finch was pretty amazing. And uh, Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely heard a lot of people enjoy Life is Strange. And with that kind of narrative focus, it does present some very interesting challenges from the game design point of view. Now, 
as you said a few minutes ago, Mon, that you're using the, uh, what was that name of the software? The Adventure Game? Adventure Creator. Adventure Creator. So that does, again, take away or it eases a lot of the burdens of traditional game development. Yeah. I guess, as, again, a first-time developer, what are your thoughts on, like, using that? as a basis for your game yeah so what i've been like thinking about it is it's so like many of us get caught up in you know that maybe this is not the right way or like the real way to make a game or something but if something allows you to you know make the final product which people would like so it doesn't really matter how you get there in a way Mm -hmm. the drawbacks and limitations are there like uh Obviously, if you can code, it'll give you a lot of freedom, but uh, to get started and if it allows you to make something that people would enjoy, I think that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and discussing about what tools to use for game development, that is a cast in of itself <laughs> easily, because I have heard a whole lot of debates about that over yeah. the years of doing this. <laughs> but getting back to Rain Swept, and your studio, I guess in terms of like developing the story, I guess this will be our good, a good segue into talking more about the game itself. So for people listening to us right now, what is Rainswept? Okay, um, so Rainswept is a murder mystery adventure. Um, so it's basically if you you watch Twin Peaks, so that's an obvious uh, inspiration that a lot of people catch up on. Uh, so story wise, the plot is that there has been, um, a double shooting in a small town and a detective come is brought in to help in the investigation. So the scene is scenario is that, uh, all the locals, they have their mind made up about what happened here. Uh, they think it was, a, uh, that, that they killed each other. It was a murder suicide. And that's based off their assumptions about the couple, which the, you know, the unfortunate couple. So, uh, the detective comes in and he sees that maybe it's not, you know, it's probably just their assumptions, which are blinding these, uh, locals. And, uh, uh, yeah, he's got to find out what's really happened and, at the same time, he's having trouble with his own life, with his own past and everything. So he gets hallucinations, he gets nightmares, sleep paralysis, all those things. Uh, and to figure out the truth, you know, as he finds clues and everything, that opens up flashback sequences uh, where you get to play as one of those uh, victims, uh, which is the guy, Chris. And uh, through that, you get to know the couple better and what what happened and why do the locals think that they you know things were so bad that they could have killed each other so you get to basically go through the whole relationship and the story of that Mm -hmm. and as we said a few minutes ago with the focus on narrative did you design like any puzzles for rain swept or is it going to be more or less just following the story from start to finish yeah so a bigger emphasis on following the story so Mm -hmm. i've I imagine it a bit like, you know, uh, more gameplay, like kind of similar to To the Moon in terms of mm-hmm. the amount of gameplay, but more than that, maybe less than Firewatch. So there are some puzzles, like a handful, uh, and there is like, you walk around the town, you explore, you talk to people, 
a kind of like night in the woods as well um uh, so yeah somewhere around that okay in terms of developing the story for the game i guess what inspired you or how did you develop or create what you wanted to tell for rainswept yeah so i had like a bunch of different ideas that had been floating around in my head for years like and just random inspirations before i knew what i would put them in so i am a big fan of uh, korean thriller films uh, uh memories of murders being one of my favorite films ever so i knew i wanted some something like that a uh, murder mystery where there's a lot of rain so rain sir and uh, that kind of mood and everything so and i love twin peaks and all those detective kind of shows and everything so that was one part another thing i used to think would be interesting would be to, like to chart the course of a relationship how it starts and how things go bad and all you know it's the whole kind of a journey so that was an idea and uh, like the setting and everything uh, was also like I, i always want to create something which is like uh, beautiful in terms of nature in a way so locations where which are hilly foggy and everything so all these kind of scattered ideas i started throwing them in and trying to link them together so that's kind of how it came mhm so campaign and we'll talk more about that in the probably in our final part for our cast and you have a very interesting art style for rainswept could you talk a little bit more about that for people listening yeah so it that's also interesting how it came about is mostly you might say because of practicality uh so i do um like i am not trained prof- uh, not trained to create art and everything i just used to do it in my spare time so i do draw with a tablet but that i i'm not very confident with that and it takes a lot of time and everything so i was like if i need to create something fast uh cuz a game will require a lot of assets i need on a different way maybe something more simplistic so i kind of came up with this method so this doesn't involve using a tablet i draw it with a mouse and uh, is just you know selection through uh, that uh, lasso lasso tool and uh, yeah so mostly trying to figure out how i could draw something simple but something that looks good as well so bright colors help with that uh, you like you would expect something more uh, quiet and uh, you might say monochromatic in a way for a murder mystery of this sort but at the same time doing that could turn out you know dull if you're not sure of how to use those colors so i thought okay let's go for a bright art style and uh, then on top of top of that using a lot of uh, lighting so it's like a combination of these things mm-hmm. in terms of developing the art style for rainswept how long did it take you to like get that down a couple of months and uh uh i did get better like after 4 5 months i had uh, started with some first few levels and uh, now when i look back to them they were like really bad like i couldn't have put that up anywhere and uh, one day i i was trying to figure out colors for one level so i was trying to make this street or uh, the main street where you'll be playing around or running exploring in the game and the colors of the buildings were clashing and it was not looking good at all so i sat down and i studied color theory for a day 
and uh, this was about 4 5 months later and suddenly it kind of clicked and you know i revamped the whole art so mm. yeah and how long have you been working on rain swept like total like when did you first begin development uh around november 2016 mm. was like the first when the idea came up and uh, till may it was just uh, thinking about the idea and learning the tools so may 2017 i started proper development you might say okay and and it's very interesting when we talk to first time developers about how much time they spend on their very first project i've spoken to a few people in the past who spent like 3 to 4 years on their very first game yeah i guess with rainswept again as with this being your first title did yeah. you spend like a lot of time or have you done any research into kind of the management side of working on a game like did you have a, a clear idea of how long you wanted to spend on the game or did you just kind of let things like go and see where it would end up yeah so i did want to uh, i wanted to keep it as quick as possible so nothing going past like one year or one and a half years so i did keep that i maintained my scope with that in mind uh, because i was you know stressed about a couple of things the way i'd come out of architecture then gone through film and gone back to architecture i needed to try this quickly and mm-hmm. see if it works or not so whether i should continue with this as a career or not so yeah about one and a half year was the plan mm-hmm. and i think that was a smart decision on because again we've spoken to developers and we've seen them who kind of go all in on their first project and it can just lead to massive burnout especially yeah. if the game doesn't do as well as you expected. Yeah, totally. I can imagine. Mhm. Now, with Rainswept from a design standpoint, has the game changed at all from your original concept when you began development in 2007? Uh not much. Um I've just added ways to make it more less linear, more give more uh choices to a player. so in terms of uh uh earlier it was quite linear like uh, uh one scene happens then you're taken to the next scene then you're taken to the next scene uh but now i've uh, changed in such a way that you can choose what lead to follow next in a day so the day starts and you have a couple of things uh, leads you could go start with and you start with those leads by going to their location through the town of pineview So that's the main change that's come uh, from removing it from a linear way to adding exploration into it, and then there are other small things like uh, adding a diary and stuff, uh, a journal to keep track of all the case notes and everything. But mostly, it's not changed much. Mm-hmm. And I guess one question I have regarding like Rainswept's like design in terms of the story. Again, we you, we talked about this a few minutes ago. we want to tell this very personal story how long did it take you to actually like write what you wanted rainswept to be about <clears throat> so i have been uh working on the story uh, while i've been working on you know finishing it finishing up the game as well so the main chunk of the story was created finished by about uh, may 2017 as i said so including the you know the beginning middle and end and all the major points and everything and uh, like you might say 80% was done by then and then uh past 
till about uh, April or March of this year, I've been adding a few more details, a couple more scenes and everything. And even now, I suddenly think like, oh, that would be an amazing scene. But, you know, I still got to, I can't add too much. So it's very much like, is this scene really important or not? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but over a year, I've been, I've been working on the story over. And I think that's uh, been really good, like to have a long time to let the story get, you know, come together. So I think that's really useful. Right. I have a few more questions regarding Rainswept for you, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the Indiegogo campaign that's going on right now. But yeah. one thing I wanted to ask you, Armand, with regards to developing and kind of iterating on Rainswept, have you done any playtesting or had other people look at the game while in the middle of development? Yeah, so in January, I released a demo for the game, January of this year. Mm-hmm. And that was really useful. So I, at the end of the demo, I had a Google form that would open up for, you know, a feedback form. Mm-hmm. So I got a ton of responses there and that was really good in figuring out what the problems were with the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been the main testing. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I ask is that when it comes to a lot of first-time developers or people just starting out, it can be very daunting to have other people look at your game for the first time. Yeah. And I was just wondering, yeah. like, how did that feel, like, as someone, as this being your first game and kind of, you know, releasing it to the wild? Yeah, that, that was a weird feeling, but even scarier was when people started putting up Let's Play videos of it on YouTube. So watching people play what I'd made was like, <laughs> I like I couldn't watch, you know, you know, the first few videos, I was like, it freaked me out. <laughs> and uh, but also that was really useful. Like I could see where people were having trouble and everything. And uh, since then, it's I've gotten very used to it. And it's been really, really good to put it out. So uh, like, if anyone's working on a game, it would be the best thing you can do is put out a demo and see people play it. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. And one thing that we have certainly seen over this decade, especially with more people getting the game development, is that you really can't make your game in like your own little echo chamber anymore. You need that outside feedback in order to make the best possible version of your game. Yeah, totally. All right, so I think with that, we'll move on and talk a little bit about the Indiegogo campaign, what's going on with that. But before we do that... With regards to Rainswept's development or the design of the game, are there any aspects that we didn't touch on that you'd like to bring up now? Hmm, uh, nothing that I can think of. All right. Well, in yeah. that case, we'll move on to probably our final part for today's cast, and that's going to be talking more about the campaign and kind of getting that set up now and what's been going on. So... Uh, for people listening to this cast right now, Rainswept is currently on Indiegogo. Uh, by the time I get this cast up for everyone to listen to, it will probably be only a few days left in the campaign. But I want to ask you, Amon, with regards to the crowdfunding side of Rainswept, what made yeah. you decide to go to Indiegogo as opposed to other crowdfunding platforms? So... Kickstarter was out mm-hmm. uh, to begin with because it's not available in India. Yeah. And uh, uh, 
next biggest platform that is known was Indiegogo. So I went for Indiegogo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Simple. Yeah. I guess with uh, putting in the I'm sorry with putting Rainswept on Indiegogo, was this a plan that you were kind of thinking about while developing the game, or did this come about uh, more recently? Yeah. So. Um, as I was approaching the ending stages, I needed to figure out a couple of things. How, uh, like, say, localization, for instance, or testing and everything. Uh, these needed to be started. And also, I was supposed to finish. The original plan was to release the game in August this year. Mm-hmm. So around May, I realized that it would be better if I put some more time into the game. And because uh, the game is almost complete now, but you know, it needs polish, it needs testing and everything. So that extra few months were not planned for before. So uh, around along with that came the need for funding. So uh, I was to- in talks with a couple of publishers and that didn't work out or it's it takes a while. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, maybe that could be done in time, but let's get the funding sorted. So yeah, mm-hmm. went for Indiegogo. All right. In terms of developing the Inigo campaign, how long did you spend developing the campaign what you wanted in it? Uh, how much time before I launched the campaign? Yeah, yeah not too long. Uh, I think a week or a couple of weeks. So I am, like, you know, I'm, work- I'm with- working with Sean right now. Mm-hmm. So he was telling me that it would be better, we need more time and everything, but Things on my end were a bit uh, that I needed to get it started quickly. So, about a week or two. So, yeah. Uh. Hmm. I guess so one question then. I'm looking at the campaign. I see you have a lot of uh, fiscal goods as rewards. I see a shirt. I see uh, yeah. coffee mugs or stuff like that. I guess uh, with regards to coming up with what you wanted to offer people, uh, I guess mm-hmm. what was your overall like strategy? for, I guess, pitching Rainswept on Indiegogo? In terms of the merchandise? Yeah. So, uh, this was actually just added a day or two back. I didn't want to uh, get involved with physical merc because, mm-hmm. again, being solo and uh, not too much of time spent on planning, it was like, uh, it would make things complicated for me to handle merchandise as well. Uh, handling hundreds of shirts and everything but uh, then uh, we uh, recently had a giveaway on Destructoid so that planning started happening and uh, for that I started figuring out uh, uh, rewards for the giveaway so through that I realized that okay this I could do it it wasn't that complicated using uh, print-on-demand websites and everything and uh, so then Sean and I decided that we're gonna add it to the campaign and seeing the number of uh, like seeing how the campaign is going till now it's not going to be in tens of thousands of orders that I'll have to handle mm-hmm. and I I thought that okay I can add shirts uh, or mugs and everything as a reward so it was kind of uh, you know just uh, on while running the campaign it happened mm-hmm. Hopefully, it gives a boost as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be very tricky these days when it comes to any kind of crowdfunding for a video game, especially with 
just the state of the market and how so many projects have had uh, very mixed results with regards yeah. to their successful campaigns. Yeah. I definitely think even the website matters a lot. So they say Kickstarter has a huge base of, uh, you know, gamers and everything, which is lesser in Indiegogo. So that's one major point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me see if there's anything else on the page that I want to ask about. I guess in terms of actually developing the actual the look of the Indiegogo campaign, for any other developers listening to the cast right now or first-timers, what was your general I guess, strategy for presenting Rainswept on Indiegogo? So the first thing that they need, needed to know was the main thing about the game, which was the plot. So, you know, the first two, three paragraphs had to, the people who were interested in these kind of games, it had to speak to them. So the first paragraph had to sort of create an image of what the story was going to be like. And the demo has done pretty well. So I needed them to see that. So that was like one of the uh, things on the top. And then it's the visuals, the atmosphere of the game. So, screenshots showing that uh and uh yeah so you know everything that's kind of special about the game or which i think is special some of the surreal kind of art style is also you know a few gifts of that so yeah that's it. okay uh let me see i think i am just about out of questions at least for right now again for people listening to us the indigo campaign will be wrapping up so, I think with that, I just have a few just general like logistics-related questions for you, Mon, and then we'll wrap it yeah. up for today's cast. Okay. So, if for people listening to us right now, how far along in terms of development is Rainswept at the moment? Yeah, so in terms of gameplay, like the game can be played from the start to the end, mm-hmm. and uh, all the scenes are in there, all the major content. So, what I have to work on now is to fill in the uh, a few remaining parts a couple of missing dialogues and everything which i'm hoping to have done by mid-september and then i have to work on polishing it as good as possible adding more features improving the ui testing and uh, and then a release in january if all goes well okay and for people listening to us right now besides the inigo campaign you do have a free demo on Game Jolt, is that right? Yeah, Game Jolt and Itch.io. Okay. In terms of the demo, what I guess, how much of the demo is representative of the full game? So uh, that demo runs for about an hour, mm-hmm. and I think the game will be about five, five and a half hours or something, or maybe six hours. So the first hour of the game is the demo. All right. And uh, in terms of uh, uh, how much it represents the game, it's like, uh, except from Polish, and uh, yeah, it's pretty much going to be the same. Okay. And I guess here's a quick... That actually gives me another good question I want to ask you about. Yeah. In terms of deciding what you wanted to be in the demo versus the full game, I guess, what was your overall thought process for building the demo? in terms of having it be like a standalone representation? 
so <laughs> that at the time i put it out that was all i had mm-hmm. so that's what i created and i was like okay i need a demo out by this time how much can i do and uh, in terms of story it ends on at such a point that most people they want to see more so uh that was you know that was planned like okay i think if it ends here people will be like wait what it ended and i you know i see the let's plays and everything on youtube and that's usually the reaction so yeah that was the planning to but that is all i had at the time as well okay and let me see if there is anything else on this end so uh, you just said that if things go accordingly you're hoping to get rain swept released in, by the end of this year and I guess, have you had any time to think about what you want to do next uh, with uh, game development and with Frostwood? Yeah, so uh, first would be taking care of this release. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, if uh, things go well, I'll start looking at porting it to consoles. So I think that would take most of next year. And uh, after that, it depends. Like, if people really like this game... I have ideas for a sequel. Mm-hmm. So I have ideas where the story could go. And uh, if not, then I would have to <laughs> think about what to do next. Mm-hmm. And and much after that, like if things are going fine, if I'm still a game developer, then uh, more story-driven games, more games focused on atmosphere and immersion and all those things. And that's the plan. All right, well... That always sounds good there. <laughs> but um, with regard to the Indiegogo campaign, are there any parts of it that we didn't touch on or anything else we may have forgotten that you'd like to bring up? No, I think we touched on everything. All right. Well, I think with that, I am just about out of questions. So uh, I guess with regards to the cast in general, is there anything else that you would like to talk about or bring up now, Armand, or we can uh, begin to wrap things up? I think we can wrap up. Alright, so with that said, we're going to wrap things up here. For you folks listening, be sure to check out the Rainswept Indigo campaign, as well as the demos available on Game Jolt and each IO. If people want to follow you, Armand, or get more information about Rainswept, do you have any social media that uh, you would like to mention? Yeah, so you can follow the game at uh, at Rainswept underscore game on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook, just search for Rainswept or Rainswept Game. And the website is rainsweptgame.com. All right. That has links to more social media and everything. And with regards to what platforms, uh, you already mentioned hopefully getting it on consoles later on. But for the yeah. initial release, what uh, where will people be able to find it? It'll be on PC, Mac, and Linux. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be on the Steam, Humble Bundle, stuff like that? Yeah, Steam, Humble, Bun- uh, Humble Bundle, and GOG. Like, I'll have to, st- I still have to talk to them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Steam is confirmed. All right. So, I think with that, we will say goodnight. I guess to end the cast, Armand, do you have anything you would like to uh, wrap up or any final thoughts to end the cast on? Hmm. Yeah, if, like to the people listening, try out the demo. And if you like it, support the campaign. Thank you. <laughs> All right.
So with that, we will end things for this week's cast. Armand, it was a pleasure hanging out with you my afternoon. I'm pretty sure I think it's evening where you're at right now, maybe even after midnight. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's around midnight. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, definitely the best of luck with the campaign, and I hope things go well for you for the rest of the development. Thank you. Not a problem. So for everybody listening to the cast, we're going to end things here. If you like support Game Wisdom and what I do, we have several options available. To write a guest piece for the site or be a future podcast guest, you can find information and links under Submissions Wanted. We're always looking for new people to talk to, and you can email me at josh at game-wisdom.com. Regarding social media, I'm on Twitter at GWBicer for thoughts throughout the day. If you'd like to hang out and talk about game design, we have our Discord channel. You'll find that linked on our Patreon, patreon.com slash GWBicer. Your donations help to keep things going and allow us to have more content for everyone to enjoy, as well as visit our YouTube channel for daily videos and discussions on game design. But that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Perceptive Podcast. Tune in next time for another discussion about the art and craft of game design. Until next time, have a good day.